I would agree with it 100%. The way I look at deals now is I break it down into their basic components. How am I acquiring this deal? What am I doing with the property? And how am I exiting? You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education tons of great information. It's free to join. Be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now on with the podcast. Right Club Nation, welcome back. You are in for a very awesome podcast today with Elizabeth Kelly. But before we get uh, into that podcast and bring Elizabeth on, I am here with Laurel Simmons, my wonderful co-host. And uh, Laurel, what have you been up to? Well, I'm glad you asked. So I've been in Europe for the last couple of months. I've just been back now for a couple of weeks. Um, I have to say that I, I just, I miss, I should have been born in Europe. I'm sorry. I should have been born there because I just love everything about it. I love the people. I love the food. Of course, I love the wine, I love the scenery. Um, and yes, I know I'm going as a tourist, but I've, uh, I was in Greece and Portugal this time. And I, I saw some places that, you know, I really could spend two, three, four months there, no problem. So um, we'll be going back in the not too distant future and really specking these places out. Because why not, right? We've got the real estate, we've got the time. Let's do it. We don't do it now. When are, when are we going to do it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You, you've got some experience along the way. There's nothing wrong with taking some of your investments out of the country and, uh, you know, seeing how that goes as well. Um, so Elizabeth Kelly, speaking of that, she is about six hours north in Kirkland Lake. She's a property manager, a, an investor, very successful investor uh, doing many things, uh, multifamily, rent to own, the Burr. She's also a coach. Uh, mentor and many other great things. And uh, she shared a lot of great, great information uh, with us today. And I think you guys will like the podcast. And um, by the way, if you haven't left a rating and review, please do so and check out therightclub.com. We've got tons of great events. We have tons of great content. We are definitely you know, full of content from even you know many years of, of doing this. You can find so many different topics. So if you haven't registered, it's completely free. Go to therightclub.com and create yourself a profile and start networking and uh, and connecting and building your network because like they say, your network is your net worth. So Laurel, let's bring in Elizabeth Kelly. What do you say? Let's do it. Elizabeth Kelly, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm awesome, thanks. How are you guys doing? Amazing, amazing. So you're up in Kirkland Lake. How far is that just to get an idea you know, from like Toronto? Well, um, my other home base is Newmarket, so it's about six hours from six hours north of Newmarket. Wow, it's uh, it's it's quite the trek. But once we get into you know how you how you got up there, uh, maybe let's let's start by how you got uh, started in real estate investing to begin with. Sure, my husband and I started buying investment properties in Newmarket in 20, uh, 2005, We started. 
actually. And um, we figured out we were doing the right thing. We were buying investment properties, but we were kind of doing it the wrong way. Well, the wrong way for us anyways. We bought some condos and then uh, we decided we didn't like the special assessments that can come with those condos. So then we moved over and started buying single family homes and converting them to duplexes. Um, and this was, you know, 2008 at this point. So we were kind of, you know, figuring things out as we went along. Um, you know, we didn't have fantastic groups like the ones that you guys have where people can get support and, and knowledge and that kind of thing. So we, every, every property was a new adventure for us. And uh, we basically worked our way up uh, 20, 2009, 2010, we started buying multi-units. Uh, we bought uh, a bunch of stuff in St. John, New Brunswick, and then we moved up to Kirkland Lake. Um, and at the same time as my husband was buying the multi-units, I was focusing on rent to owns. And then we just kind of grew from there. So what does your portfolio look like now? So our portfolio for the most part right now is multifamily. Um, everything from, you know, our smaller ones would be, you know, we have some single families, duplexes, that kind of thing, all the way up to, you know, 18 unit building, uh, 25 unit building, um, sort of some of the, the bigger things. And then we also, like most investors, we do private lending with our RRSPs. And, uh, you know, we do some joint ventures and some stuff on our own. And um, I, I find as an investor, you know, over time, you sort of acquire more and more skills. So you're able to look at a deal and figure out what the highest and best use of that property is. So you end up going, you know, in some different directions that you didn't necessarily anticipate. And, um, you know, you have some great opportunities to work with new people and learn new skills. So Elizabeth, just... And it struck me as you were speaking, I thought, oh, I bet. I'm going to ask this question because this is a question that sometimes occurs to me. And it's simply, what's your favorite? Like, you've, you've had experience now. So what's your favorite? Like, is it multifamily? Is it the rent to own? Like, do you have a favorite? I do. I have two favorites, if that's okay. I have, uh, I love rent to owns because my background before I did real estate, I actually worked in the not-for-profit world for, for years. I was a fundraiser for United Way. Um, and um, I, I loved just being able to help people, going home at the end of the day, feeling really good about what I did. So that's why I love rent to owns. Uh, in terms of being able to feel really productive, I love seeing the results of, of flips and taking something from, you know, the, the bare bones look super rough, like nobody would want to live there and seeing the, pro, the, the progress over time. Um, I love the, the end part, you know, where you stage or, um, you know, to take the photos and everything and just sitting, I feel an immense sense of pride looking at the before and afters. I, I love that one. Absolutely. So maybe walk us through how you got to Kirkland Lake and, and what you're doing up there right now. Sure. Uh, we just, uh, my husband has always loved multi-unit buildings. It's really, that's the, the thing that um, he's been really passionate about for years. And back in, you know, 2009, you know, he and uh, he, he was just running numbers and running numbers and looking for places where the numbers made sense. And even then, you know, to generate the kind of cash flow that we were looking for, um, you know, we, we certainly weren't finding it in Toronto. We weren't even finding it in Newmarket at that point for the larger building. So that was really how we ended up uh, in St. John and, and in Kirkland Lake was the numbers made sense. You know, we were generating, you know, we were looking for around $150 per door for the bigger buildings. And I mean, that's really hard to come by now. Those are, you know, sort of Alberta type numbers 
uh, potentially right now and definitely uh, in in the smaller markets as well where you're paying less per door yeah i mean and that's and that's six hours away and and you know moving there probably was a bit of a shock in the beginning but like how did you adjust to, to life you know going from new market uh up to much smaller town <laughs> it's funny that you asked that um in the beginning we anticipated we were just going to have a property manager and you know we were just going to go back and forth you know once or twice a month and kind of check on things make sure everything was okay and um we took the the rich dad education courses and we took the property management course and we really saw in that the kind of experience we wanted our tenants to have when they were when they were living in our buildings and uh, it's really challenging. People don't tend to respond super well. If you go in, you're like, okay, love it, love what you're doing, great, I wanna hire you, but I wanna completely revamp everything and I want you to start fresh and, and use all these templates and these systems and, and these processes. So we figured out it's probably easier if we hire our own staff. So we, um, we had our own company, we hired our own staff and we've just kind of gone from there. Um, in, uh, in 2017, you know, I had resisted moving and, and uh, I had, I stayed down south in Newmarket for a while, but by 2017, it was really apparent that um, I was needed up here. So packed everything up and and came up here, and it's been it's been fantastic. It's been a great community too, um, you know. Especially during I know people have had such a hard time during the pandemic, and to be able to be in a northern community where you know there's less stress, there's less pressure, there's less traffic, there's less people, um, and you get the opportunity to spend a lot more time outside. So it's it's been um you know i i've kind of come to realize that things don't happen to you they happen for you and the opportunity to be able to live here for the last five years has really been a gift for us for sure so have you seen any northern lights while you've been up there no <laughs> no but i'm so disappointed because they're beautiful but for whatever reason i just uh they, wherever whatever reason where where they are and where we are it hasn't seemed to meet up but I'll keep my eyes open and let you know if I do, Laurel. Because, okay, uh, you know, the Northern Lights are like, I remember once in Ottawa, in the city of Ottawa, in the middle of Ottawa, I looked up and saw Northern Lights. That's extremely yeah. rare. But uh, up there, I would, yeah, you know what? It's just the time of night that you're looking up, right? Because it yeah. can happen at any time. Yeah. That's one of the benefits of being where you are. Look at that that light pollution or the noise pollution or not a, not a whole lot of pollution, way less than in the in the South. Absolutely. And the air, the quality of the air, like we feel the difference when we come back to, you know, Toronto to see our friends and family. And then we come back out, you know, you get out of the car and you just breathe and the air is so clean. And yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Amazing. Um, so obviously you, you have, you know, many tenants and you've been investing for a little while now. Um, the market's gone crazy, I think, since the pandemic started, but, you know, what are some things that you're seeing, uh, maybe from an investor standpoint, as well as a property management standpoint, any key learnings, uh, in the last year or two? Yeah, I, I really, one of the things that I've been focusing a lot is not to have a strategy. It's not, you know, pick a strategy and then execute it. I find what's in short supply right now are opportunities. So it's really more about how do you find an opportunity uh, in a property to you know, purchase under market value, which is much more challenging now than it was you know, a few, even just a few years ago. So finding a property under market value and then figuring out what the highest and, and best use of that property is. So you know, whether it makes sense to do a, a burr or whether you, know, you duplex it and then, and then sell it or use rent to own as your exit strategy, 
the more kind of tools you have in your tool belt, the more strategies you know, the better equipped you are to look at an opportunity and say, okay, how do I maximize this? How do I get the biggest bang for my buck? It's harder to get mortgages um, and it's harder to find opportunities. So I want to be able to look at a deal and figure out the maximum return that I can generate from it. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely. And they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life. But when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that, you know, the highest and best use of the property. And I think um, for a lot of people, I don't want to say this is a stumbling block, but I think it's, it's something that probably isn't, the first thing that comes to mind, because I think a lot of investors, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of it too, you go out with a specific point of view, like I'm going to look for a whatever, like you know, a rent to own or a burr or a flip, rather than approaching the pro property. And instead of going with a strategy first, what you're saying is you look at the property and then you say, okay, what's the highest and best use of this property so how do you make those decisions like what kind of things run through your mind that's a great question um it, it's a little bit i think like becoming a professional basketball player like you know when you're a, when you're a new investor starting out you you want like a script and you want a plan and you want to you know follow all these things because you believe that following these steps you know especially ones that other people before you have followed will make you successful but I think once you have some experience with real estate and you kind of take a breath and relax, um, then you can really start to think about, you know, what are the opportunities or the possibilities with this property? You know, what is the market that I'm in? What is in the most demand here? Um, what is the zoning of this property? What are the opportunities? How can I add more? Because in most places, it's cheaper to add a unit than it is to pay for an extra unit. So it's cheaper generally to buy a single family home and add a second unit in the basement than it is to buy a, to, to buy two units separately. So I always like to look at it, you know, how can I generate the most income? And it may mean, you know, looking at a property and saying, yeah, I'm going to put a long-term tenant in the basement, but I'm going to Airbnb the upstairs. Or it may be, um, you know, looking at a single family home and saying, you know what, the ceilings aren't high enough. There's a lot of things that don't work here for a burr. So I'm just going to turn around and I'm going to do, you know, based on the neighborhood and the market and the, the, the square footage and everything, I think a higher end flip would make most sense here. So it really is about sort of collecting all the information that you need and then sitting back and looking at it and saying what makes the most sense. 
Yeah, I 100% agree with you because like, I think like when maybe three years ago, um, you know, on my podcast as an example, or on this podcast, when we started it, we were talking about picking a strategy and sticking to that strategy and learning it and, and perfecting it. And I think that was true and it made sense back in the day. And because the deals are tighter and fewer and further between each other, um, I, I don't think that same advice applies anymore. I think it's looking at the deal and like, what can you do with it? And if it's, you know, something different, you know, maybe you have a handful of, of bird deals, maybe the next one is, you know, like you said, doing short-term midterm rentals instead of long-term, if that makes sense, or uh, converting it, you know, and, and maybe adding in a unit in the backyard uh, or severing the lot or something along those lines where in the past you might have not done that. Uh, where, you know, you buy a, maybe a, a currently uh, done duplex and it cash flowed. Now the strategy needs to be a little bit different because there's a lot more investors, I think, than there even were five years ago. Um, and there's also a lot less inventory than there was. So it's, it's just harder to, to find deals under market. So that prior advice, I don't think makes sense anymore for the market that we're in today. Uh, yeah. thoughts, on, thoughts on that? Anything you want to add? I would agree with it 100%. The way I look at deals now is I break it down into their basic components. How am I acquiring this deal? What am I doing with the property? And how am I exiting? And that's how I tend to look at things now. So if I'm buying from a realtor, if I'm buying a wholesaler, if I have an opportunity to buy privately, I'm always looking to still try and make money in the buy. It's hard with realtors. There's so much competition now for properties. And then I look at, you know, the middle of the deal. How can I generate the maximum return? And sometimes it's literally by looking at the end of the deal and going, you know what? I can sell it with a realtor. I can, you know, list it with a wholesaler or I can do a rent to own on this and figuring out how, which of those levers do I pull? How do those components fit together to create the, the best deal? And I think it's important, you know, with markets like we've seen in the last few years, they've continued to go up and up and up. And it's, it, it becomes harder to lose money in markets that are consistently increasing. And I think as investors, we, we can become complacent with that. And having come through, you know, 2008 and, and seen what happens when, you know, we get complacent and we start focusing mainly on appreciation and, and going, you know, negative cash flow from the beginning without a plan to turn that around. I, I think that um, it's important that we focus on the, the fundamentals of every deal um, and, and make sure that we're not sort of you know, growing complacent and just counting on appreciation to provide a return for us. So, you know, I think it's really, that's really, really good advice. And, and, and you've got a lot of experience and of the three of us here, we've all, we've all been in this game a long time, relatively speaking, it's been a pretty long time. So I'm thinking now about, you know, the Laurel of 15 years ago, or maybe the Sarah of 15 or years ago, or maybe Elizabeth of 15, 20 years ago. And what would you say to one of us 15 or 20 years ago, we're just starting out and we don't have a clue what to do. Like, because it's easy to say, well, you know, look at a property and, and assess it. And then we know all these different strategies and we'll use, you know, the highest and best use of the property. But if I'm just starting out, like, it's like, well, like, I don't even know what the highest and best use of a property is, let alone choose one, right? So how do you, what advice do you give to people who are just starting out or maybe just have one or two properties? 
I think there's two really fundamental things. One is make sure you know how to analyze a market. Make sure you know, you know what to look for when you're deciding where you're going to invest. Because we're not talking about you know buying a pair of shoes and you get it home and you try it on. You're like, this is really too small. Like it's not going to stretch. I'm not going to wear it in. Like this is really too small. Um, it's important to know, you know, look at the um, economies and, you know, look at the employers, look at the uh, average household income, look at the population increase, look at the fundamentals of the market. And, and I really think that the second thing that's really important is know how to run your numbers properly. You know, if you are looking at multi-unit buildings, don't think that you can just put in 5% for maintenance in, you know, an 80-year-old building and think that that's enough to get by. Those are two things I really suggest that investors um, if you have some funds available and you want to educate yourself, make sure that as you're walking away from however you choose to consume information, that you know how to analyze a market and you know how to run solid numbers. And, and I think that's one thing that you guys focus on with your groups as well, is making sure that people have those fundamental understandings. There's nothing worse than buying a property and actually owning it. And six months later, you look at the numbers and you go, wow, I thought I was going to have cash flow. And I have nothing. I have nothing available for repairs and maintenance for capital expenses because I didn't factor any of that in. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes we make as investors is not running true numbers before we decide to move forward. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We, as Elevation Realty, are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Wright Club, and we have been attending since the second Wright Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in, in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca, that is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, and let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. 100% agree. And I think a lot of the numbers on the listings and the listing agents, they pad them up to make, and like, let's just talk multifamily for a second. They make the NOI, the net operating income, a lot higher than it probably is by decreasing or not showing many expenses that you might want to consider. And you name two of them, you know, capital expenditure costs and uh, maintenance, but there's many others, especially when it comes to multifamily that you're like, where did they even put 
vacancy? Where is there even anything for property management? And so a lot of the time you're looking at an asset and they're, and they're basing, you know, the price on the net operating income and the cap rate, but the net operating income could be a third less if you really do the math. So don't take everything for face value. Um, you know, and, and I, I can tell you that's probably 90% of the time, those numbers are not accurate when you see them on the MLS. So, uh, do your due diligence. Um, what about, what about like the coming year? Obviously you, you have a lot, you know, just from an investor standpoint, you've got a lot of, of assets, a lot of units. Are you doing anything to prepare for potentially a little bit more turbulence uh, or, you know, who knows what's, what the market's going to bring, but do you have a plan going into the next year or two? Yeah, I, I feel like I've reached a point where everything's kind of stabilized and I'm pretty comfortable with, you know, where we are and what we've done to get here. I'm really at the point where I'm ready to grow. So I'm starting to look at some land development, uh, some of the new build things. Um, I also would like to sort of trade some of my time back. So I think I may, you know, move some stuff around, shift some things in my portfolio and start looking at doing a little more private lending and basically just being able to um, look at some of the longer range things that require less hands-on management and will give me back some of that time freedom. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they start in real estate, they want time freedom and then you get into it and you realize you love what you're doing. And so, and you're, you're in this pursuit of like the next deal and the next opportunity. And it's so exciting and it's so thrilling. And then after, you know, I mean, like I said, it's, what am I at, 15, 15 years now, thereabouts, 17 years. So now I'm like, you know what, I, I want, I want to see what the other opportunities are. And I love that about real estate is that you can always acquire new skills, new knowledge, new information. There's always communities that will support people in their growth and their, their learning. And, and I just find it really fulfilling. I honestly, we kind of stumbled into it by accident, but there's literally nothing else I'd rather be doing right now, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, as you were as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, you know what? Because that's where Daniel and I are right now with with this. It's about it, you mentioned the time freedom, and it's not being so hands on with things anymore and shifting things around, and um, because time is a non renewable non renewable resource, right? There's it. We got, we've all got this exactly the same amount of time, but, and yet money is a renewable resource. So it's how you shift things around and use them to make you, well, Hey, to customize your life. Cause that's what we're talking about. That's why we get into, into real estate. Most of us is to be able to, to have those options, to make those choices, not just to, it's not just about buying the property because in the end, that's just a, a resource that we can use to create what we want in our lives. Yeah, it's, it's a vehicle. Real estate is a vehicle. I mean, you could choose, you know, Bitcoin and you could choose crypto and well, they're the same, but, you know, stock hacking and and like there's so many different vehicles that you can choose. And real estate is the one that that's resonated the, the most for us. But, you know, the time freedom is really what we're all striving for. And like you said, it's absolutely a non-renewable resource. And one thing I, I like to make sure that investors are, are paying attention to is that we're not so heavily in pursuit of the deal that we're sacrificing the quality of the journey. So we're not giving up our health. You know, we're not neglecting our, our family. We're not doing the things that, you know, when we slide into home base, we look around and, and you know, we've lost the, the people and the things and the occupations that we care the most about.
Yeah, that's a, a great point. Are you able to share like maybe what a typical week looks like for you and how you fit everything in? <sighs> I love that. <laughs> um, so the majority of my week is actually dedicated to my coaching clients. That's been one of the biggest gifts that I've received from real estate is the opportunity to be able to meet new people from across the country and be able to help them on their journey as well. Um, so the majority of my week goes to coaching clients. I have a percentage of my time as well. Um, probably depending on the week and between half a day and a day that goes to property management and managing my portfolio and, and those kinds of activities. And uh, things are a, a little bit quieter right now. I've taken a bit of a break from, from rent to owns just so I could focus on some other things. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, then there's all the other stuff you do too, right? So all the day-to-day the -day stuff, family, and, and all the other commitments. Absolutely. And I think that those are the important parts, right? Where you like plug in your, your free time and, and the stuff that real estate provides you the ability to do. Absolutely. So what, are you, what are you looking at in, in, for the next year? Because as you said, things are still all turbulent. We just don't really know what's going to happen in terms of, mm -hmm. of uh, whatever, the pandemic. You know, I'm, I'm getting, it's getting so that I even hate to say the word pandemic. It's just, it's just our lives right now, right? But <laughs> overall, what do you see happening in 2022? coming up? Well, I think as you know, the interest rate, um, you know, the interest rates slowly go up, I think we'll see I don't I don't think we're going to see a major crash. But I think we'll see periods where the the market slows a little bit before it before it picks up again. Um, I definitely see there being, you know, opportunities coming, whether they'll necessarily appear on, on realtor.ca. I, I don't really see that. I think there'll still be a lot of competition. I mean, the reality is there's a lot of people looking to come and live in Canada. It's a pretty awesome country. So um, as long as, you know, the supply is tight and the demand is high, I don't think there's going to be the opportunities that we saw, you know, 10 years ago. Um but I think, you know, we all have the opportunity to sort of create our future. And, and I definitely intend um, to be able to, you know, enjoy the time that I have and, and focus. I'd like to focus more on my health. That's, I think, one of my big things for 2022. Awesome. Love that. Elizabeth, thank you for sharing so much great information. Uh, the next part of our podcast is the lightning round. So Laurel and I will take turns asking you the questions that every guest gets. Uh, there's four <laughs> questions in total. So I will ask you the first one and you're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready to play? Absolutely. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, so here's question number one. What is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? People's, people matter more than the deal. How you do business with people matters more than any deal that you could possibly put together. Great advice. That's, that's awesome. Okay. Second question. What's your favorite resource for real estate investing? It could be anything, book, uh, training, person, event. 
Um, can I use sort of a group? Because my favorite go-to for real estate right now is Audible. I was really struggling to have the time to read, and I just found Audible and being able to access and you know personal development information. You know, while I'm doing things like making my smoothie in the morning, I just find Audible such a worthwhile investment and such a great tool because I've been able to consume personal development stuff when I was you know challenged to before. All right. That's a great resource. Question number three, in your opinion, what is the attribute that has made you most successful? I, I think I love people. I love learning about them and, and trying to figure them out and trying to understand them. And I think real estate is not about the numbers. It's about the people. So I think that's probably been um, my biggest asset is that I genuinely like people and I want to understand where they're coming from and figure out a way to help them solve any of their problems. Yeah, you're right. Real estate business is first and foremost a people business. It, it really is. So good for you. So last question. What do you typically do on a Sunday morning? I usually sleep in. <laughs> good. What time, what time is sleeping in? Uh, nine o'clock. Okay, that's good. It's good. That's yeah. a good sleep in time. Sometimes people say seven, sometimes they say 11. Like you never know, right? It's all subjective. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like to sleep in and Sunday mornings are my lazy days. So I try and, you know, spend time with the dog and spend time with the family and, you know, have um, maybe have waffles for breakfast or something. But uh, yeah, that's my, my downtime. I love my Sunday mornings. Very cool. That was our lightning round. Thank you for playing, Elizabeth. Where can our Right Club Nation reach out and find out more? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Elizabeth Kelly Consulting. Uh, you can also find me ekconsulting.ca is my website and you can send me a message through there. And I'm also on Facebook. I'm, I'm not hard to find. Thank you so much, ladies. This was such a pleasure. Thank you very much as well. And uh, tons of insights and great information. So thank you for pr providing those. Yeah, enjoy and, and go look for those Northern Lights. <laughs> thank you. That's great. I'm definitely going to look for them. It's beautiful up here right now. Okay. Sarah, I really liked what Elizabeth had to say, and I found it so fascinating when we were talking about the, um, the, the difference now in approach for, you know, not just because as, you, as we said, it was like the, before it was all about the strategy, you focus on your strategy, and now we're saying, you know what, it's not that we're saying we, you don't decide on a strategy, but you got to have your eyes open and understand what's going on. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's about the highest and best use, right? It's just, can you make this deal work? And if so, what is the best strategy for it? It may not be what it could have been five years ago, just based on the market and all that good stuff. So uh, I, you know, I used to say stick to strategy, stick to strategy, but I don't think that, you know, in today's market, 2021, 2022, it makes sense to always just stick to that one strategy in that one market. So you could go to different markets, you could switch up your strategy. Um, you know, the only thing I would just say is, is no shiny penny syndrome where you don't take action, learn about it enough that you can take action and go and, go and execute and, uh, you know, execute on the right deals. And she was talking about markets and fundamentals and learning about those markets and also for cash flow, understanding how cash flow works. So of course there's going to be a little bit of work to do. You can't just jump in and buy anything, but there's that balance, I think, between taking action uh, and analysis paralysis where you never do anything uh, and taking action too quickly. Thoughts? You're right. And it's all, like you said, it's, it's about learning the fundamentals. And, and as Elizabeth said, running the numbers, know what your numbers are. So if you have the fundamentals and you have the basics and you, have the, and you know what the numbers are, then you go out like you and I don't, we don't do everything, do we? We go out and we get the experts, but we know 
what questions to ask. And we even know enough to go to the experts and say, you know what, I don't even know enough to ask the right questions. So you tell me. And that's how really successful people work. Yeah, absolutely. Laurel, it's always a pleasure hosting with you and uh, Right Club Nation. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, what do we say? Come grow with us and customize your life. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.